lead time of worship this morning. Amen. So good. So good. I think one of my favorite lines in any song these days, one of my favorite lines in any song is um, the one from the, I think it's the last line, but when the church of Christ is born, like, come on, seriously, when the church of Christ is born and the spirit was the same.
I remember, you know, I was asking somebody who, for somebody who brought me to Christ, I said, what, what do you think, what should I read? And he says, oh, the Gospel of John. Has anyone ever heard that before? Who's read, has anybody told you that? Start with the Gospel of John. And John is, John is such a power-packed Gospel that takes us through and actually disciples us. And, you know, back in the, in the early church, um, they followed uh, the Gospel of John as basically being a spiritual gospel as opposed to the more earthy, story-filled synoptics, right? So it's, it's a gospel that just has a different flavor to it. So it's unique. And it's a, it's, for me, a beloved gospel. I just love reading it uh, so many times and get this uh, content in it. And so today we're going to start with what, for me, personally, is the passage of Scripture that's probably impacted me uh, most in my life. Um, it keeps, I keep coming back to it for its beauty and its clarity about Jesus. And wasn't it wonderful this morning? We, we just have worshipped Jesus this morning. Trevor brought that amazing uh, tongue this morning. It was beautifully interpreted by Kelly. What was it about? It's about Jesus. Ke- uh, uh, Emma at the end brought that beautiful prophetic picture. About who? About Jesus. He's the creator. He's all those things. Jesus is, is beautiful. And we're going to take a look this morning at the prologue or the introduction to the Gospel of John. And these verses, when they were first penned by John, and in the early years of the church, it's thought that these verses up to verse 18 were basically um, a hymn that, you know, when it was penned, it was something that they would sing regularly. And so in the tradition of the church, it was hugely important. And many, many, many writers and theologians and commentators would say that what I would have to do is say is the words of the first 18 verses of the Gospel of John are some of the most important words ever to be proclaimed, ever to be written. And so we're going to break it down this morning. We're going to break down the Gospel of John into four sections and highlight some of the essential themes of John's Gospel. And over the next number of months, we'll unpack that some. Is that fair? That's good? All right. So this morning, if you're keeping score and you like titles, uh, we'll call this this morning God Creation Revelation Incarnation. Those are the four basic themes that I'm going to touch on this morning. And then we'll try to bring some application to it. And stuff, all right? So, let's read together um, the first 18 verses of John chapter 1. In the beginning was the... Oh, let's do it this way. Pastor's like, I'm going to just read this verse and read together. He's a bit of it, so... Let's, let's read it together. All right. And if you're able, why don't you stand and just read God's word this morning? That'd be a good idea if you're able. It's on the screen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the life of all mankind. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was, oh, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Sorry, I said that too. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. And out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Grace to you and our Lord Jesus Christ. Gives life to darkness, yet it is no light. The 
God breathed life into Adam and Eve. God breathed life into us. John introduces Jesus as the Word, the Logos, and therefore, because he says that, and there's the obvious connection to Genesis chapter 1, Jesus has a divine function. In other words, Jesus, he's saying, Jesus is God. And he goes even further with it. He declares that he is eternal. He did not come into being, but he's always been.
reading the first few verses of this psalm well. In Genesis, the creative power of God was the Logos. And God does the Logos thing. He speaks. When Jesus heals or speaks, this is God at work too. Just as God worked at the foundation of the world in Jesus, that which was created. And when it says in Genesis chapter 1, and God said, because he's the Logos, Jesus was actually the creative force bringing everything into existence. And I'm going to say Jesus here because he's the Messiah of the Lord. Blessed be thy name, Messiah of the Lord. Jesus is the creative force. entry of Jesus into the world is described here as well as light shining in the darkness. And John is very clear here. The darkness is hostile. It's hostile territory. Light shining into hostile territory. The world cannot understand the word. It has a twofold meaning here. The darkness could not comprehend it. And when John talks about darkness, he equates that with the fallen humanity when it finds itself in this world ruled by the enemy of God who is Satan. To grasp what the mind cannot comprehend, the darkness has not understood, so the darkness doesn't understand it. But another meaning, and the one that actually in the Greek points to, it says, to grasp with the hand and so to overcome. In other words, the darkness has not overcome it. In other words, the darkness has not destroyed it for him. This is the first indication that there's a struggle between light and darkness. It doesn't take a rocket scientist today to figure out that there's a struggle between light and darkness. Right? Look around. There is a struggle. Personifies love, the, the word that personifies love, and it is a place of, it, it enters the world which is a place of remarkable unbelief. Those who oppose him will try to defeat the word. And all through history, we have examples of many who have tried to defeat the word. It's a spiritual battle, folks. It's a spiritual battle going on. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against rulers and authorities, principalities and powers. Again, look around. Look at our lives. If we follow Jesus, we know that life is not just going to be easy. We know there's a battle. And we're in it. When we follow Jesus, we're in a battle. But Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus is we sung about that this morning. He is the one who has overcome the world. Those who oppose him will try to defeat the word, but they will fail, as John is taking forward to the cross. And as we go through the Gospel of John, the story of Jesus don't even have to highlight it. It's central to Jesus' gospel. The gospel 
so the cross is not a place of defeat, but a place of glory. As I was thrilled when Emmett you know, started unpacking glory a little bit.
have had news of his brother that he has seen his Lord. His Lord is getting up towards the cross so that we can have
in our spirit is Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the truth. He's not just a truth. He is the truth. And that's what the world calls
God loves the world and has entered into it in order to save us. The world is not above God's love. The worship of God and His love is for the world. But that said, the enemy, the enemy of our souls, the enemy has blinded the minds of unbelievers. They have, as it were, scales over their eyes. And maybe you're here this morning and you may think that you have scales over your eyes, and all of a sudden you start to see cracks of light in the corner. It's dependent on God's spirit to draw people to himself, and it's also dependent on us as his partners in his mission to share his word of truth with those who can't see. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6 says this, the God of this age I just referred to it, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. The very light that we that we read about this morning in John chapter 1. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Two weeks ago, when I, I was preparing for this a couple of weeks ago, and over the past couple of weeks, this scripture came to mind. I just felt like, you know what? We need to know that reality that we are with people all the time whose minds have been blinded by the enemy. But Jesus has opened the scriptures. this story. And I just felt this morning that 
There are maybe some people here this morning that are like the man in this little story that I'm telling you. See, because sometimes when we receive the light and start to see and that when our blinded minds start to get open, it doesn't happen all at once. Sometimes there's a progression. With me, I kind of think it happened all at once. That was just my first But for many, I know that's not the case. I love this story. And maybe this story will resonate with you this morning. The disciples came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he stood on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around.
his background anywhere. He has promised to you that he would definitely lead you in the orphans. He will definitely be with you. He will never forsake you. He will be with you always. That's what he promises to you. That's what he promises to me. Maybe you're going through financial straits. Maybe you're going through health crisis. Jesus has you in the palm of his hand. In the thick and in the thin of life. He has not forgotten what you go through. And he is reaching into your life right now. And he just wants to remind you of his nearness and of his faithfulness. Call the Holy Spirit to come. Lord, this morning we want to lift up to you our family members. We want to lift up to you our children. We want to lift up to you our friends, our co-workers. We want to lift up to you all of our neighbors, everybody around us. Those who have not yet seen the light of Jesus who is coming to glory. Lord, we pray that we become part of the process. And Lord, we pray as we as we greet others, as we speak to them, that, that you, as it were, pity in the eye. And God, that you would be releasing and opening eyes to see. Lord, we pray for us to be part of the process, that some of us would be watering, some of us would be planting, some of us would be harvesting. But God, we pray for our neighbors, friends, family, co-workers, students, be with them all on this. Lord, we lift up particularly those that seem most hostile to you. You may have names going through your head. Bring them to the foot of your feet, Jesus. Lead them to you. You have them. In their running, they will run to you. Cause the circumstances of, of their life to be those that drive them to you. By your spirit, God, would you do this, that Jesus would be lifted up. Lord, this morning we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you to be worthy to gather here and worship. We lift up to you every situation. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Have a great day. Enjoy life with Jesus. Thank you.